See It or Screw It is a spoiler-heavy show. If that's an issue for you, you can currently stream The People Under the Stairs on Peacock or rent it wherever you can rent movies. If that's not an issue for you, then on with the show. Welcome to See It or Screw It. My name's TJ Davis, he, him pronouns, alongside... I am Emily Schick. My pronouns are she and her. I'm Dan Murphy, and my pronouns are he and him. Uh, I thought your pronouns were I hate and movies. (laughs) (laughs) Those are pronouns. (laughs) No, it's just a general description of, like, your kind of being, I guess. All right. So before we get into that, let's get into what today's movie is. This is another episode of Shocktober. On today's Shocktober, we are talking about the 1991 Wes Craven movie, The People Under the Stairs. I'm glad you didn't even refer to it as a Wes Craven classic. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> All right, we're we're going to get into that on this one, but um before we get into it, who wants to do the synopsis? Not it. Not it. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So this movie follows Fool, a kid from the L.A. ghetto in 1991, who is played by um, the the black kid from the first Mighty Ducks. Is, is it it's specifically L.A.? I'm not sure. Like, it was probably filmed in L.A., but I, I don't know if they actually specify I where think, this is taking place. I think they I think they do. I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, like the presence of palm trees and it looks like the LA skyline. So it gives me impressions that even if it isn't specifically referred to as LA, like it feels like Southern California. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right about the LA skyline featuring in the film. Uh, But yeah, it follows our main character fool, a young boy in the LA ghettos. Um, whose mother is dying of cancer and they're being evicted by their shitbag landlords. Uh, landlording isn't a job. Fuck landlords. Um, and with coercion by a 32-year-old Ving Rames, Fool decides to help him out robbing the family that owns their ghetto. And yeah, they allegedly have gold coins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, they probably should have played them up being more German, but that's just my thought. I mean, yeah, playing them up as as Nazi gold, I guess, could make sense. But like, yeah, yeah. There's there's this weird like, why are like why are they hoarding treasure that way? Like, <laughs> because they're fucking insane. I mean, that's the only explanation I yes. came up with. Be- because they're fucking insane is probably the best explanation as to the they're why. fucking insane. I mean, they're you know, I, you, we don't really know if they're inbred because we don't know if they're actually sleeping together, but they refer to each other in that like manner, mother and father kind of way. Uh, but like they're supposed to be siblings and they're just kidnapping kids from the ghetto to raise yeah. their kids until they are slightly displeased by their 
like kidnap children like speaking out against them and then they horribly mutilate them and lock them in the basement and feed them the remnants of corpses of people they've killed like these are not good people like i don't know how you could have made them worse because no because the only way you could have made them worse is to intimate that they might actually sleep with the children and there is a shot that intimates that yes father at least has sexual attraction to daughter. Yeah, ew. Like, even though they're not biologically related, still ew. Still ew. A child. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's... um, uh, AJ Louder, I think is her name. I don't know. I mean... We're, we're, we'll, we'll get through that stuff. We'll, we'll, right. we'll so, talk about some yeah, of this stuff. Let's yeah. finish the synopsis. Let's finish the synopsis. So they break into the house. They find out it's an H.H. Holmes-style house of horror um fool gets out but then feels like he has to go back to save alice and um roll kick credits some ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah he can kick yeah, some ass then, <laughs> yeah then he blows up the house and everyone celebrates because there's money writing down because for some reason these people have never heard of banks so <laughs> they don't trust banks no they, they trust your money they trust the secret room inside <laughs> of where they keep their cannibalistic non-children in right? the basement <laughs> There's so much yeah. about this movie that doesn't make sense. Oh, there's so yep. much that doesn't make sense. And, like, there's so much tonally that's really fucking weird about it. But Oh, I mean, right. yeah, the, the music alone is just sort of like, I mean, I guess that was the style of the 70s, but it's just like, like it's just, it sounds awful. Like, the score is terrible here. Oh, yeah, the like, score is yeah. fucking terrible. And apparently it wasn't their first score either, because they had Graham Reeval do a score for it. And then just straight up rejected his score and replaced it with this. <laughs> I don't know how you can get much worse than this. I mean, it's just like, like it's so, it's distractingly bad. It doesn't play up any suspense whatsoever. It's just kind of oh, there and very on the nose. It's and super it's like, hokey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, yeah, you're right. It like takes you out of the scenes that you're in once the like i think they're going for like slightly psycho kind of score and just doing a shitty job of it like I mean, like fucking reanimator of... reanimator rips off the psycho score so much but like does a in, something interesting with it whereas this is just bad well it's like mm -hmm. the it's the psycho score played only on synths and i mean i just feel like there was a lot of 70s horror that did this but like it's still like this does it particularly badly like i don't know i mean it, like part of it is just like how much of this is just it used to work and now it's dated and distracting um but like a lot of it i think is just bad so <laughs> yeah uh, i think that uh, definitely a portion of it at least you know given Wes Craven's sentimentality, like, come on, he, he got his start as a director in the 70s with uh, Last House on the Left. No. Was that his first one? Yeah, I think that I was know. his first one. I mean, this is pretty but early. Like, that's sort him. of, like, where he's coming from as a director. Um, I, I do find it interesting. I hadn't really thought about it before, but how much he uses the nighttime prayer poem, My Soul to Take, throughout his mm -hmm. works. Because, like, it's it's focused heavily in Nightmare on Elm Street. 
there's a pretty decent focus, at least in one scene in people under the stairs. And then he has an yeah. entire fucking movie called my soul to take. Like people got their things, I guess. But yeah, back to this movie um, written and directed by Wes Craven uh, starring Brandon. Brandon Adams, Brandon Adams, um, who apparently does still act. It's just hmm. I haven't seen a damn thing that he's been in. But yes, he was young Jesse Hall in uh, The Mighty Ducks and Kenny and Kenny Janunes in The Sandlot. I had forgotten about that one. <laughs> yeah, no, he. I mean, he made he made a bunch of movies that were good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm mean, honestly like I think I, I acting wise, I think he did a pretty decent job in this movie. Yeah, I mean, it, it, the problem is not his acting; the problem is the fucking scripts. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> are, you, are you gonna try and tell me that a script written by Wes Craven is is not good? I mean, it, the thing the thing to appreciate about this script is the fact that it's clear, like it's mostly contained almost entirely to this one house, so it was relatively cheap to produce. Like, like the while it's completely unmotivated, a lot of the like practical makeup effects look kind of cool. It's just like these are just random people locked in the basement. Why do they look like zombies? Like because yeah, they don't have any exactly. sunlight and yeah, no, yeah, it yeah. Was but that wouldn't change extreme. your facial features. It would yeah, it would just make you like more pale. Yeah, it make you pale. It probably make you have like maybe some like lesions and stuff. But like oh yeah, not to I the mean, extreme that these people look I was like gonna say, Neanderthals. Yeah. Like, look, I was gonna say yeah, look up the symptoms of scurvy and like none of what those people are going through uh, looks right. It like. It's yeah. like, oh, if you showed them like normal people with like no teeth, all right, yeah, scurvy, got it. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, they sh- their skin should maybe be jaundiced, but like their skin is pale. Yeah, I can see that. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, pale skin would be fine, but like, yeah, no, they shouldn't look like. Yeah. Well, then, know. and also, like, I just when when Spencer breaks into the house, like his body kind of decays really rapidly. <laughs> like. Oh, oh yeah. Also, did you pick you find him like five minutes later? He's turned into like chalk white. What well, the hell? <laughs> because he did. He he was scared to death. That's why he's super pale and his hair is all white because he. That's not how any of that works. Not how yeah. that works. <laughs> it's not how that works. But it, but hilarious <laughs> that there's a line in there that I think he was scared to death. <laughs> All right, keeping on, keeping on. We've also got Everett McGill and Wendy Roby, uh, Robbie, whatever, as man and woman, mother and father. Um, apparently, they got this gig because they played a married couple on Twin Peaks, and okay. Wes Craven just really liked how they interacted. So, uh, this was also I mean... this is also Wendy Roby's, AJ Langer's, and Sean Whalen's first film. <laughs> Okay. Well, I mean, that's not terribly surprising. I mean, like, especially especially the actor who plays Daddy. It's like, Jesus, he hams it up so much. It's ridiculous. You know, that's actually one of my issues with it is like the first half of it. I feel like this movie is playing it pretty goddamn straight. And then once you get to the second half, you have father just like hamming up every single. Well, I mean, it's just to a point. that It's like distracting absolutely like it's very it's too bruce campbell and it doesn't fit in with this 
Yeah, no, it has major tonal problems because it flip-flops back and forth between like, look how funny and ridiculous this is and look at this horrific stuff. You should feel bad for these people. Yeah, yeah there's definitely some like Home Alone vibes going on. Well, yeah. I, yeah, there's gen- well, generally speaking, I feel like there's uh, there, like, I feel like both um, Fool is like, they just pile on all these like things to make him sympathetic that don't matter like they make him young they make his mother dying they make him poor they like they do all this stuff to like like make you sympathetic towards him and it's like really it's just like it mostly just is like it's just his performance like all this other stuff doesn't matter and you can just rely on your actor's performance and likewise as the same thing happens with the villains in which they just make them evil landlords who are also kind of cannibalistic and sadists and inbred and like they just pile on things that <laughs> none of this matters it's just like True. let's make them evil because we don't rely on their performances and like while i think that brandon adams does a pretty decent job like yeah they kind of needed to add that because they're so freaking goofy the villains like, <laughs> yeah um i would argue that there is at least some point to getting more of fool's background because uh, this was 1991, and um, yeah, racism was even worse than it is now because you know Rodney King and all that shit. Oh yeah, the, this came out um, like fucking eight months after the Rodney so, King meetings. Like, I think part of that is a reflection of where things were at the time. I think that it was probably important for them to be like, well. There are so many fucking racists in this country, even people who don't realize they are. So, like, you have to actually work to, like, humanize this kid. So, like, that white people will actually feel bad for him. No, I I, I agree with that to an extent. I think that the mother dying of cancer thing in particular is really tacked on and unnecessary. Right? I I do agree I with that. that. Well, I actually, think... no, the, that's sort of but that's his motivation for wanting to go after the gold in the first place. I mean, the, because pay, he knows, needing to pay rent is is the motive is motivation right, enough. I feel it gives, like it's, but it also gives the mother a valid. The mother reason doesn't need mind. to be there. Like the but mother the, and the sister characters it, could be totally combined, and you wouldn't lose anything. But it gives it gives in the minds of again shitty white people the a valid reason for why they'd be late on their rent payments, as opposed to just oh shit, we didn't come up with enough money that. The, this month instead of you know white people being like well you know they got handouts and pull yourself up by your bootstraps and blah 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 like you're bypassing all of that bullshit to be like look it's... there's a good fucking reason this family couldn't afford rent like again it's stupid i understand like it does feel superfluous but like man uh, it's, it's in 1991 fair. it could be really hard to convince white people that like anything that poor that poor people of color did was like justified or understandable yeah and i just like, feel it, like it's, the a, character it's a reflection of how bad society was yeah yeah i i just feel like the mother character is so ridiculous oh yeah it's and... over the top for sure yeah like, I think they tried a little too hard with it. Because, like, TJ and I were talking about this. During the scenes that you actually see the mother, which aren't that many. Yeah. Like, that is not a person... Because, you know, the old guy specifically says, like, oh, yeah, you can take her to a doctor and she could get a surgery that, that like, will fix it, right? You know? And yeah. it's like, no, no, no. The, 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 fa- the way that woman looks, 
there's no fucking way that she's still at the point that it's localized enough that surgery will fix it. Like yeah, she, those are the symptoms of somebody who has like, ha- who's had whose cancer is metastasized. Like she's just like a walking ball of cancer at this point. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, the cancer feels to me like it's just tacked on of like we need to give her some illness and yeah, yeah cancer. Yeah, pick something that will actually like, uh, you know, be look like be more realistic in terms of what you're trying to show on screen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, that, that's my probably would have made more sense, but like, yeah, or just yeah, entirely, um, entirely write out the mom, make them being raised by the grandfather, or like, the grandfather you know, in the first that's scene what I think. Of, like, I mean, and and or like, you know, TB could have worked. I mean, there's a bunch of shit you could have picked. TB yeah. was definitely a big problem in that kind of those kind of conditions. It actually, still is. But fuck, man, yeah. AIDS. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no. <laughs> problem is, is that that leaves you no room for recovery. Oh, yeah. yeah well, <laughs> yeah, and AIDS. Not AIDS at that is, time. At that time, AIDS is not something that you want to. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah. AIDS no. was very political at the time. So. And and AIDS was also you know not really survivable at that time either. I don't think. I don't remember when the uh, first ARTs came out, but. Yeah. Um. But it was also just sort of, like, adding a lot of elements that, like, because they, they make allusions to the fact that the sister's a prostitute, but they don't really, like... Yeah, they don't go expand. anywhere with that. They don't go anywhere with that. Like, the the where Leroy plays a role in this is never really established. Yeah. Like, he's just some dude who hangs he's around. Just some dude. <laughs> like, he's, he's, like... Like he's clearly not her pimp, but like yeah, it's like so, is he is he a regular customer? customer is he yeah. legit? Is he like a dude that she went to high school with, and they legit are just friends? Is he yeah. like the guy she's dating, even though she's still a yeah. prostitute? Like yeah, I don't it's... like get, give me like if you're going to fucking talk about it, give me something that's like you could have added a single line that probably would have been like oh okay okay that's why and that guy's here thinking, yeah, and then you wouldn't be thinking about it yeah. exactly. It's yeah. like how fucking hard would that be? Or or a single word. Cousin. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean but cousin is, Leroy hanging around. Yeah, that works fine. <laughs> I mean, in at the same time, like there is this weird implication that like like Fool doesn't didn't know Leroy when he first meets him at the very beginning of this movie, which I think was a mistake. Like he should know who Leroy is, but like yes. Honestly, I kind of I like the way I read a lot of this script, especially like the issues that we're talking about with the characters is like this is what happens when a white guy in like a probably middle-aged or, you know, young like young to middle-aged white guy in 1991 writing a script for pe- like a, with characters of color. Like it very much feels yeah, like know. he's How trying too hard to justify like the 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 sympathetic elements in some ways, and like isn't trying hard enough to like actually humanize the characters at the same time. Like, yeah, it's I mean, kind it, of like it feels it, like he missed both ends. 
Yeah, but it's not just the black characters that he fails with. Like, like no, Alice is that. Especially it, like, hard. Alice is piled on too. It's just like she's not a well-written character either. Roach is a terribly <laughs> written character. Like, yeah. there isn't a good written character in this. It's just like it's easier, like be, largely because they're given more screen time. And unlike most of the white characters, we can't blame the acting. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, Big Rames does what he can with a pretty terrible part like yeah whereas like like the mommy and daddy are just bad in like every way um and like alice is fine bad in an entertaining way uh, yeah they're definitely bad in an entertaining way they're just hammy like especially especially like mommy made me think of like mommy dearest a whole bunch if i'm being honest it actually makes it a wire hangers it depends on like what kind of horror you're going for. Like, I think that the the fact that they're kind of hamming it up makes it slightly less like abjectly horrific. Like, oh my god, we're literally watching like them torture children and shit. Like, oh, plus it kind they of were... it it kind of makes it a little bit less like you know. It's I like know, don't mean, they were it, it coming makes it less off of, of the central focus. They, they were coming off of working with David Lynch and. My understanding oh, well, of yeah. Wes Craven is like he's not a super he wasn't a super effective director. He he left yeah. a lot of like action and movement up to his actors. Oh, instead I mean, of being okay. like, this is what I want. Uh, uh yeah, so I probably, think that they were still like riding direction. off of, you know, David Lynch being a very specific director. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I well, there's definitely just kind of like the shot choices just do kind of dictate. There's a lot of like pretty wide shots that give the actors a lot of play because it's not like they have to hit a specific mark that much. I mean, right. one of the big things that I think bothers me about the like mommy and daddy there is that like, what exactly is their feelings toward that towards the house? I mean, they're like blasting shotguns into the walls and shit like that. And it's just like, what? exactly do they care about like it's so biz- like their motivation themselves and literally nothing else sense. like every everything I, I get the impression that they're the kind of people that like everything else in life like structures people whatever are just like there to serve them so like they give you know and they know they have a giant pile of fucking money in the basement hence the reason they also have like clearly very expensive security shit so it's like who gives a rat's ass like if you have a pile of fucking money like sure like i you know i might i don't know if i were like incredibly wealthy maybe i'd blast a shotgun hole in my wall for funsies too i don't know it still feels stupid but yeah it's stupid i'm not saying it's not stupid i'm i'm look i'm trying to help out Wes craven here. (laughs) like i'm trying to be like yeah you're not the stupidest person ever like okay i can maybe see that maybe there might have been some logic there hopefully maybe i feel like i'm probably trying giving no i mean it it, it, you know i mean it's just like those like tunnels through the walls and shit like that just all feels like like sometimes it's like unclear whether they constructed the booby traps or Roach constructed the booby traps. Like yes, it's very deeply unclear. It kind of seems like it's a combination of both, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Um. And yeah, a- as a person who understands how structures work, I've never seen a fu- like even an industrial building that has that much fucking space between the walls. <laughs> That's just not how it. That's not how anybody builds. Well, I mean, it's, it's the same. Unless it was of... unless it was specifically built to 
by like maybe the people maybe they're so they did say they came from a line of people who you know this was a funeral home before their yeah. family has owned it for generations maybe and it's like they got progressively crazier basically and it's like okay so maybe like the people that originally built the house as a funeral home were crazy enough to be like wouldn't it be sweet if there was secret passages between all the fucking walls yeah well, i mean again it's the like, only thing that makes any sense like yeah, i had mentioned I mean, earlier like this in la and not in like like you know oh like older how like if you go back to like the underground railroad right. that's an excuse for having that but i mean it's a similar right. logic as like the air ducts in action movies because like those are like okay. large enough to stand up in most of the time even though they're crawling around and yeah. it's just like that's not how big air ducts are like no that's not how big it's it's the same problem i have with like sewers in movies it's not how big sewers are either yeah um but like i have a here's a question like the house is from, like, a fairly distinctive time period. I mean, yes, you could build a house that looks like it's from said time period, but, like... No, it is a real house rem- that exists there. Okay, so... Um, uh, I don't know if the interior and exteriors are the same. I it makes me are. wonder... Probably not, but it makes me wonder when when those houses were built, because, you know, I'm trying to think of, like... I mean, I guess I could see somebody in, like, I don't know, maybe the 20s being like, look how sweet it would be to build this old-looking house. I mean, you also have eccentric people who, like, kind of move their house piece by piece to a different location. That's a good point. But, like, I also find it established in the movie and should have been mentioned if that was what they did. Like, that that has one hell of a basement. It's like, how is that basement not, like, totally (laughs) fucked over, like, years and years of earthquakes? Like, yeah there's a reason people in LA don't really build basements and like they do it now occasionally with like structures that have like uh probably specifically designed concrete and like I don't know rebar yeah or usually some shit. usually it's um the basement would have kind of like a layer of rubber between it and the first floor um, yeah kind of. yeah Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm oversimplifying, sense. but that's kind of what my understanding is. And there's they... no fucking way that house has that. So it's like, yeah, yeah how is that basement in as good a shape as it is? Like, we all yeah. know what the seismic ac- activity is. Come on. Like, there's... It's funny, like... I actually, like, I enjoyed the movie. But, like, yeah, there's a lot of... If I'm being... It, there's a lot of, like... Well, they have, they have a fun, like the like the movie appears as if like it was built at a time before electricity existed because of how their fireplace is set up. Yes, so. yes, it does. Yeah. So the house itself is supposed to be slightly based off of the H. H. Holmes house, the serial killer who operated outside of the Chicago yeah, World's Fair. Yeah, who like specifically built in all these like hidden passages and maze-like hallways to get people lost and disoriented and then has like a shoot system huh yeah people still find that shit like there's a there like it it, it's like people be like i was searching in my house and i found this like weird hidden room or a hidden stairway or whatever and it's like oh yeah again like there were a lot like that was a big thing during like uh, abolitionists would have that built into their houses oh absolutely um, there was so. yeah there was an actual purpose for that but yeah. you know it, it's just yeah I, there's there's so much of this that's so far-fetched i mean like from you know a like psychological perspective in some ways but like also just like from a fucking scientific perspective there's a lot of stuff that it's like mm, you're really kind of stretching the limits of 
suspension. Well, I mean, and this here. is this is why I kind of say is it specifically intended to be LA because like you, it's more likely to have a house built like this in an area that is not LA. <laughs> no so. shit, that's I know, or like anywhere yeah. you it, it like somewhere specifically that has a strong enough like uh like foundational layer to and also not seismically seismically active like yeah. Lots of places have basements. That's just not one. Yeah. Like, I've never seen a house that has a basement in LA. Not once. Um, they're very rare. They just... do happen, but they're very yeah. rare, yeah. So. Oh, I love that we're talking about a movie about, like, you know, inbred races. And, well, but and that's like, the whole like, thing. Like, that you guys are stuck on the point. That's of, less like, far fetched, man. Seriously, I mean, but, but <laughs> racists like... actually exist. Yeah, racists exist, and it's just like I, racists just, exist. Yeah, to just call the well, but that's the thing is, it's like they're not like the fact that they're racists or they're inbred isn't really important. The important thing is that they're psychopaths. Yes. Um, and it's just like, and that's one of the weird things is Who like, you know, children usually you have things them. like Texas Chainsaw Massacre that ties the like inbredness to their psychopathy. But like, that's just, it's just there in this movie. It's just yeah. like, like, they just bring it up and they don't do anything with it. And it's just like, I, I guess it makes it easier for them to be controlling this house because it's a generational thing. But uh, I like... mean, I guess, but like, I, to me, it reads as Wes Craven being like, "Ah, oh, totally, I'm gonna make him brother and sister." Ha ha, gross, right? I mean, it's gross if you do any like intimate scenes between them, but yeah, but there you aren't don't. any. You like, no, no. <laughs> he it's just weird. walks around in a gimp suit, but like, <laughs> yeah, that doesn't mean that's not just like you know, he's not just like cranking it till his till his dick bleeds like by himself like it doesn't mean that they're actually in a I sexual mean, honestly, relationship when he's wearing it it's it's kind of a weird thing of like well it is technically he's wearing leather armor so like it's serving a weird practical purpose <laughs> <laughs> so it's like... yeah it's so fu- it's um <laughs> like it's just yeah i um like again i i weirdly actually sort of enjoyed watching it but like yeah it's really hard to not like have these moments of like what the fuck so it kind of decreases your enjoyment when it's like pulling you out all the time yeah not not the fun kind of what the fuck yeah i don't know man i still really enjoy it i think that this movie says it ham-handedly but it has something worth saying (laughs) No, oh, it doesn't. I think it does. Yeah, no, I, it I actually look. <laughs> it 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 is actually. Well, the funny thing is, is I think it makes some interesting comments about racism and stuff, but like less because of like the actual script and more because of like if looking at it in co- in the context of today, compared to like how it was made and why some of those choices were made. Like I think that I can it, agree with a, that. But I think like, its existence makes some. It like I, I like, yeah. So that's fair. It, it's like I think that I don't I'm not going to say that it's a good movie, but I think it's actually worth watching. But like it's not going to be one of those movies that you're like, this is my new favorite movie. I'm going to watch <laughs> no, this no, like what like once every six months or whatever. It's like, no, once is fine. <laughs> once is fine. That's all you need. 
I, I don't think you should even watch it once. I mean, I feel like like there are better movies that have more. Like, like ultimately, I think this is wants to say something about landlords being greedy and evil and racist, and it's just like, but that commentary is not really there. It's just like a yeah. backdrop to make these characters unlikable, but it's yeah. not really commentating on them. So. Yeah, yeah, it's like I don't know, like, uh, but. I don't know. I'm sure there's a contingent of people out there who are like super thirsty for Ving Rhames, and it's like, hey, it's young Ving Rhames when he was like hot or whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Not, I don't know. not even like young Ving Rhames. It's like 32 year old Ving Rhames. I mean, compared to how he is now, yeah, that's young. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting to see that, like, well, how how much time passed between this and Pulp Fiction? Like four years? Like you know? Yeah, yeah that's about. Pretty, yeah, I think it was four jump. years. Yeah. Yeah, he looks like he looks notably older, I think, in in Pulp Fiction. But then again, it also his character be... is also kind of, I mean, like he's just kind of supposed to be just kind of this young punk in this, and it, yeah, it, you know, Pulp Fiction, he's supposed to be a crime lord. So yeah, I mean, but I don't know, Moving I don't, <laughs> I don't, I'm, I feel like more of that those differences are in like the you know filming style as opposed to like of you know like them doing a bunch of makeup or something yeah so it's kind of interesting how you know that because typically that doesn't make that much of a difference in somebody's appearance but you know but yeah i mean in like honestly it's just like i kept on waiting for there to be some sort of social commentary in this movie and it's not really there i think you can look at the production and uh, as some sort of like, how did this get made? Um, and like, what audience is this for? And it's like kind of some weird decisions being made on that end. But in terms of being about something, it's just like, it's a bunch of weird things just kind of thrown at the wall and hoping they stick. So well, I think it wanted to try kinda... to be about something, but like, it didn't really No close out there. what its message was well i mean yeah and message, i think i guess is like pretty much like hey fuck it well, steal from these motherfuckers they suck yeah no i mean it's like that's yeah. the thing is it's just kind of like its message is landlords are evil and i mean i think that one of the things is that like is missing and you know this is something that i think that other films that have tried to do this have done better is like I think that you needed like another scene at the end of like after the money's raining down from the sky, what is the police response? What is the response of the other wealthy neighbors in the area? They're just like, right. There's something missing there that we need to see. Like, is there repercussions for this or is everyone supporting these people? Um, and it's not there. It's just sort of like, it's assumed that the audience is on board with this, but it's just like, so then is this being presented as like a fantasy? Is this being presented as like, this is what would actually happen if this happens? Like there's a missing element yeah. at the end, I feel. Um, and I don't know. I, I just like, I, I get that. It's like, this is how they want. Like, I feel like this is what they want the audience to feel, but I, I, it's so weird because so many times like you have those like white savior movies in which it's just like we don't need the white person commentary at the end but it's just like this feels like especially because it's made by a white dude like what are yes. you ultimately trying to say here so 
kill yeah. your masters. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, kill your masters is fine. I mean, like yeah. that's the thing is like, like you know, I mean, and if we're talking about a, a movie with that being the message made by a white dude, you can watch Django Unchained. Like you know, yeah. but like, I but like that message still needs to be there. And I like yeah. that's the other thing is like I wanted. I think one of the other things that's really missing is that like while the cops are portrayed as like kind of incompetent the entire movie, it doesn't actually like there's no payoff to it. Like they're right. just kind of like an obstacle for the villains that it's dispatched and then doesn't come back in a significant way. Like I guess they're unhelpful at various times to um to fool but like they're not the, there's not some sort of like they don't get theirs either they're just kind of like because you know like that's the thing is even if the police like if the police had come at the end of the movie and then they're overrun by the people collecting money like that would that would be something more to me and i would like that yeah better. yeah mm-hmm. no I, I i absolutely agree with that like 30 more seconds fuck 10 more seconds yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just like make this the end of of monty python and the holy grail with them attempting to arrest everyone so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh uh all right man we're only like 35 minutes in but oh no we haven't talked about the 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 lack of horror elements in this that much we've just talked about the shitty music but also oh the fact yeah that, that this movie doesn't have like any sort of suspense to it whatsoever and like it has some gore elements but like i Barely. was uh, i don't know there's there's like a couple moments of dread but i don't know i mean like basically much. Yeah, basically I mean, just... there's some there's some nice horrific child abuse, but I don't know that I like that's that's like less horror and more just sad. You can put that in like all kinds of dramatic dramatic movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the only the only really suspense I felt was when Fool was searching for Spencer's, ultimately finding Spencer's body. But right. like, like once that happens, there's really nothing after that. It's just kind of a weird chase film from that point because it's just like them running through the walls and getting shot at with shotguns um you know and i mean like i thought that there was like initial give me it did give me like goonies vibes of like it's a kid especially with the lost treasure at the end yeah Yeah. (laughs) but then he chooses not to take the treasure and blow it up well, yeah, but... see, I I almost feel like you Wes Craven should have framed this as a kids movie, like because it's like, yeah, I feel like a lot of I, I feel like a lot of the complaints we've had would be a lot more forgivable if it was a kids movie in some ways. I mean, it's you have to restructure it as a kids movie, but I, I agree with you point. that like like I it felt like, like tonally, if, I think it was like if you did it like PG thirteen, sort of like Home Alone meets The Collector. Yeah, I, I mean, the weird thing is, I think that the home invasion aspect of it is problematic as a kid's movie, but, like, like the notion of, I don't know, there's a way oh, of Oh, make him a kidnapped kid. Yeah, the, yeah, make him yeah. make him kidnapped, and, and I think that plays better, especially because as then you have kind of a, it'd be an interesting contrast to have, you have his kidnappers who are obviously bad, and then they're portraying these people under the stairs as as something even worse than they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and ultimately realizing that the people under the stairs are 
just people who have also been victims. Um, and I think that that play would actually be far more interesting um, I agree. than what we got. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Actually, I could see that as a play. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. That... I like that. Let's write it. (laughs) No stealing our ideas, you guys. (laughs) TMCR. Yeah, this is a seared or screwed production. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, there is a lack. Like, there's a lot of horrific stuff in it, but there is a lack of horror to it. There's a lack of horror. There's a lack, and you know, I mean, the other thing is, I just feel like good horror has a message behind it, and this is just kind of like landlord's bad child abuse bad like it's I, like yes thank I, you I feel, movie i have no I idea i need something more two, nuanced those are two very yes. controversial topics yeah, yeah. Um. <laughs> like seriously yeah there's there, there's i i just feel like there's stronger commentary that could be made even with like the bones of this um because i think but you know again i, I think i think we've stumbled upon it that like making him a kidnapped child would be better than making him a thief. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I agree. And then if you want like a C plot going on, you have like his mom or sister out there trying to hunt him, trying to right. find out what happened to him, you know? Right. And yeah. then you can experience, then you can also explore like, what is their quality of, of, of parenting as well? Um, so, I mean, like, that's, that's a thing, but, and, you know, ultimately I think that also plays into, like, you have your, he escapes and because he's a good kid, he wants to go back for the victims that he knows are still there. Mm-hmm. So. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think we just improved this movie. Yeah. By a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that's one of the things that's always frustrating is if you could identify that in a half hour conversation, then like, why was it a half hour conversation <laughs> happening before they filmed this? <laughs> Uh, how, well, I guess, I guess the question is, uh, how, how big was Wes Craven at this point? Because like, if he was like at the height of his career, then I'm sure that it was just a bunch of people being like, yes, of course, Wes, everything you do is brilliant. And oh my God, what an amazing script. He definitely was not height of of his career at this time. Uh, So was was he big enough to be getting a a pretty loving tongue bath? He was big enough to be surrounding himself with yes men. But that's like a, I, I feel like a lot of this problem. is like he found a film. He he wrote a script that was cheap. He um it had oh yeah it, it made definitely had its money its opening weekend. Like it was a six million dollar movie. It made over six million its first weekend. Yeah, no, he made yeah. he made a cheap movie that had elements that he was interested in filming. And then there's a lot of just filler. Like I mean, that was the thing. Is it's yeah. just like the first half hour of this is it's it's more like 20 minutes but it's just like just get inside the house just get inside yeah. the house yeah just we get don't the fucking like house. just get in the house like we don't need all of this we're just waiting for them to get into the house and you feel like that's also like in his filmmaking too of just like i just want to get get them in the house but it's just like i need to set up all this stuff that like kind of gets paid off later or later like yeah you know the whole like bear trooper thing it's just like okay they need to have something that allows them to know they still inside the house but it's just like eh. but like your your first like 10 minutes could be like a 90 second montage just just like give me like clips of dialogue you don't even need that i mean basically just have your whole first scene 
be es ving rames and the kid just like like and just have ving rames feed all that backstory and just get into the house yeah, yeah. like yeah you don't need the you don't need the scene you don't need the scene of his mother dying or any of that stuff and like are you coming and then like he gets scared and like you didn't need any of that like, yeah oh, the mom doesn't like, die well his I know. mom's dying i said yeah. dying, dying. Like, but like uh, but like also, you know, it's like while I find the um, the inclusion of the tarot card elements to be kind of an interesting way, because especially the first reading that we hear is like telegraphing kind of the course of the, the movie. The entire in a way. movie, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I I I think it's an interesting element to play with, except for like it doesn't. It just doesn't really. It's not that it doesn't, it doesn't fit here. It it doesn't fit in the sense that like there's no fucking explanation for why we're supposed to give a shit why it has any relevance why is it there like you know yeah, there's it very just feels tacked on no there's no there's very little there's no mystical elements other than the terror cards in this um there's a parallel i thought with him like jumping off like making a leap of faith faith in the tarot yeah, kind of you but know, you don't but need like, that like you don't, you don't need, need the tarot cards to explain yeah. it yeah it, it adds nothing like yeah it's just it, well, it's like, establishing it, his it's sister clearly... as a character, and she's not a character that matters at all. Yeah, so. she's not a character that matters at all. They don't give us any other things. It's like she's a she's a prostitute who likes tarot cards. So fucking what? <laughs> like, and it's like, oh, and she's a mom. Okay, cool. Where where are her kids? Like, <laughs> I um, was wondering that too. Presumably, yeah, like... the little girl who uh, fool tucked in. Uh, I mean, Poindexter tucked in at the very beginning of the movie is yeah, the sister's pres- daughter pres- presumably but like there's no there's nothing that tells us that like we're even right about that like why yeah. the fuck you know it's entirely possible she's just like his sister and like his other sister and it's like okay but like even if you know we're seeing one there's like where, where's the rest of them because it's not a big apartment uh like i i don't know it's just yeah there's a lot of man like is Wes Craven was okay I have to admit I'm not sure that I've seen all that many Wes Craven movies like are his scripts usually much. better I was gonna say are his scripts <laughs> usually better than this because no, this, this is, is about average yeah, this, oh. this is about average yeah so uh, why why was they, why was like, he allowed to why was he allowed to write scripts like sure um, sure story outline fine but like why scripts a nightmare on Elm Street and scream so yep. I and mean, then, the well, thing. even by the time he got to Scream, he had Kevin Williamson write Scream because he realized that he wasn't a good writer. Yeah. He, he I mean, just at least, gave like I'll story give him that. Then. He, at least he realized that. George Lucas never huh. really I did. wonder what the last one that he wrote was then. Because, oh. like, before this, his uh, three previous movies were Deadly Friend, which is a fucking fever dream from my childhood that I didn't think was a real movie until I saw it in my twenties again. Uh, the Serpent in the Rainbow and Shocker. And no, my then soul you to had... take is the last thing that he has a writing credit on. That okay. it's not just like getting credit for characters. Okay. Right. Like, so that was twenty ten. Um, but oh, that's yeah. far too long. Yeah, that was. But you know, I mean, like basically, it's like yeah, he he got clout to do whatever he wanted because like at this point. He's done the Nightmare on Elm Street series, so like, yeah. well, he at least birthed it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, he has some interesting ideas, but like, he is not the right person to flesh that out. 
No. (laughs) Like, again, same with George Lucas. Like, I really fucking hate that there are so many directors who it's like, as soon as they get any recognition, it's like well, I mean, it was always them a loving tongue bath, and they think they're a fucking genius. No, I, 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 well, there's a really great special feature. I don't know if it's on what which DVD it's on at this point, but the, like I remember on the episode one DVD, there's a special feature of like George Lucas like taking like showing off what he's planning on doing on episode one to Steven Spielberg and Steven Spielberg is just kind of like nodding and saying that's great George like everything <laughs> uh, that's just, great like... George <laughs> it's just, like, you, cl- you that, get this that. clear sense that like Spielberg doesn't want to say anything negative about this script and like Lucas is completely surrounded himself by yes men at this point which includes <laughs> yep. Steven Spielberg so it's yeah like... <laughs> yeah wow that's depressing <laughs> oh man it's almost like power imbalances in society can be like a really bad thing yeah you know yeah it's almost as if like landlords are evil and we should blow up their house that's filled with gold of unknown origin (laughs) as you said like they could make it nazi gold like there's no reason not to make it nazi gold it, yeah, w- it would have made it so easy and like <laughs> it would have ended up making sense as to why they became like a funeral home yeah um, because yeah. they already have experience cremating bodies yeah <laughs> oh. but yeah i mean but yeah I, there, I, I, there's your backstory it's like yeah. at like, people but uh i mean it's so weird because as i've like we already talked about like having these backstory elements tacked on is kind of annoying but it's just like tacking on that they're nazis just like seems totally appropriate why not so yeah like, or, or like the children of nazis fucking sense yeah. yeah no i mean it, like uh, yeah no, not them directly it's, yeah it's right, their yeah. Set descendants yeah yeah no. descendants who still kind of venerate that so yeah because, yeah, I mean, him walking around in a Nazi uniform would almost make more sense than walking around in the leather in the gym gym suit. suit. Yeah, absolutely. That is That would be a much more uh, powerful image in many, many ways. And uh, instead of just well, being mean, like, why and ew, but why? I mean, yeah, I mean, well, also, I mean, it's just interesting because, I mean, like, again, you have to think that this came out before Pulp Fiction because I feel like... Pulp Fiction has changed our attitude towards gimp suits pretty significantly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but like, what other reaction are you supposed to have to a gimp suit even in 1991? <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, cool. There, there's a dude in all leather. Um, I mean, I think that there was a stronger. I like, do not consent I, to be in your king. I, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, is, I think that there was a stronger association of like, like he that would make him a dom. Um, even though that's not a hundred percent true. Um, but like, I, you know, I, I think that the, like the roles of BDSM were less clearly known to people who weren't in it at the time. So it's just like, just putting him in BDSM gear automatically made him a sadist. So, but well, I mean, it just well, makes it, it ups the scare factor because, you know, yeah. White middle America is afraid of that. It, but like yeah, I, I also, behavior. yeah, I do find it interesting that like uh, one of the more interesting elements here is I think that you know picking up on that dyna- the elements of like you know it it they kind of make you it seem in the beginning like Daddy is the one you know in charge calling the shots you know like big strong man whatever 
and yeah it takes you a while to realize oh wait never mind it's mommy and like that you know it's like yeah the gimp suit makes a lot of sense he's like hard he's a hardcore sub right right which is which is again intimidating why it's kind of like honestly like why isn't there a sex scene between them like that makes them so much creepier and would just establish so much more they like like yeah they i i wonder if they just didn't want to go that far but like there there was definitely some it's just like there's no implication of like it's more than just brother sister yeah it's it's certainly there should have been more than just a slight implication but it's just like give us a scene that we're grossed out by them instead of just like like we think they're evil and we think that they're like kind of comical because of how poorly they're acted but like i don't know there's more to it that they could do yeah i feel like they almost get there i feel like they almost get there in the scene where um fool is back in the house after breaking in uh with the cops there and they have the uh tape recorder playing a the variant on my yeah but i mean like the reveal that it's a tape recording automatically just kind of undercuts the whole thing because that means that that it's staged so like that doesn't like like, give us an actual scene instead of like oh we're set up to believe it's this creepy thing and then it's just like nope this is a distraction for the kid like so it's just like that element is missing largely because it's just completely undercut the way that it's portrayed so right but anyway anyway we get we, we can get to verdicts or is yeah. there anything else um my notes are sparse uh i don't think there was really anything else i thought there was like one more bit of trivia oh yeah one last bit of trivia about this movie the uh closing song the, the closing rap at the end of the movie um, it's called Do the Right Thing. It was originally recorded for, can you guess what for? Do the Right Thing? Yes, but it wasn't wow. used in Do the Right Thing. So uh, uh, Wes Craven got it real cheap. <laughs> Brad. That's yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's that further showing good. that it's just like white dude who doesn't get it. Like, yes. yes. A song that wasn't good enough for a movie that actually had a point. So. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. This, this movie is a whole mood, isn't it? <laughs> oh, God. All right. If nobody has anything else, I think it's verdict time. <laughs> I, I'm okay. guessing that all of our verdicts are pretty obvious at this point, but uh, I'm, I'm curious. I feel like you guys are always like so lenient on on terrible movies, so I'm I'm curious about if that continues to be the case. Uh, I'm going to say, Emily, let's start off with you. Oh, for Christ's sake! Um, you know, I was going into this thinking that I was going to be a see it if nothing else because like it's got it's got some entertaining moments, but like I think I'm I think I've after some consideration, I think I'm landing on a really soft screw it. Like I'm not going to be like, "Oh, definitely do not watch this if you have interest in it." Like you're not going to this isn't going to be like a, "Oh, I watched this like once a year or whatever and it's like no you're you're watching this once and you're never watching it again and i don't and i would support you in that but i think that you your time would be better spent watching other things yep 
Dan, is that your verdict? It's just yuck. yeah. No, I I, I agree. Dan is a hard screw it. I'm a little oh, like yeah. I mean, I'm a much I'm a harder screw it than you are. Um, but like I you know I think that you make some valid points. I mean, it's like it's not the worst movie that I've ever seen. It's just like I feel like every piece of this movie there's another movie out there that does it better that you're better off watching um so it's like why bother with this one unless you're like a west craven completionist or like so thirsty for ving rames that you're a completionist (laughs) yeah yeah no i mean like i you need like so like like based on like what this movie actually is there's just no reason to see it you need like external factors to bring you to it um and so ultimately that just makes it a see it It, like uh, that makes it a screw it i mean like there's there's just not enough there that like why are you pulling this out (laughs) like like why are you choosing this movie over like almost anything else (laughs) yeah if it's so. this or rubber, I'd still go with this. So. I mean, it, this is much more enjoyable than rubber. Absolutely. But I understand the decision to be like, what the fuck is rubber more so than what the fuck is this? So. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. Like, rubber is like a train wreck, but like, I by talking about it, I know I'm encouraging people to see it, whereas it's just like, you're just going to be bored watching this, because that's what I was watching this. Like, there's, there's, it's, it's not even like there's anything, like, the performances of the villains are bad. Like, that's the only thing yeah. that, like, they're, they're really bad, and the, the score is really bad. Um, but, like, I, it's not at, like, a level of just sort of, like, most of it is just, like, this is lazy bad instead of like bad taste bad or right. like, you know, a, why did you think this is a good idea? Bad like rubber is. I mean, like the biggest problem with rubber is, is the fricking subplot with the sheriff. Oh like, God. Like, yeah. like all that stuff is pretentious and like so full of itself. And it's just like, this movie isn't like that. This movie's just really dumb and it should be smarter. So yes. But, like, this movie doesn't think it's the shit, unlike Rubber, so... Yeah, it's a fair point. I give it points for not being, like, full of itself. Yeah. (laughs) But what are you going to say, TJ? All right, this is going to come as a shock to probably everyone. As as a Wes Craven completionist, it is a see it. (laughs) If... If... You remove that from it, it is a very soft screw it. <laughs> okay. Like Oh it, wow. I, I mean, that I feel like that's very big of you to say, TJ. I there's a lot in this that I really want to like, but as we've talked about here, like it doesn't really make its point. Like yeah. what 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 is it trying to say? And it doesn't really say it. It has a couple rough ideas of what it wants to say, but then doesn't do it. Yeah. And that's what makes me gear more towards it being a screw it. Like like you were saying, Dan. Like there are so many other movies that do the things that this is trying to do, but better. Watch those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I it'd be interesting to kind of compiled list of what those movies are i mean i'm sure to the right thing is one of them but like like there's like it's 
that like I've seen this movie like I've seen those movies before I need to think hard about what those movies are but like I could cobble them in together and it's just like you took the boring parts of all those movies and made this film out of that like so yeah yeah <laughs> so you heard heard it here folks it is oh man it, it kind of hurts to actually like say this but like it's a unanimous screw it on the people under yeah. the stairs yeah i don't think uh, i don't sure know that Dan i thought is happy I would... about that yay <laughs> we all finally hate something yay <laughs> well, I, well i don't hate this movie i don't hate it's it either just... i just don't think it's good <laughs> no it's not good and it's but it's not even fun to hate either yeah like you can like, watch like a supercut of like all the best shots in it, and that's probably can, mostly can... father's reactions in like the third act, just taken out of context, would be hilarious. Yeah, yeah. no, that's fair. And I mean, you could totally do a riff tracks version of this, but you know, you're gonna just comedians filling the boring parts with stuff. But like, there is stuff to point out. Most of it is the hammy uh, father's reactions, but there's stuff like. I, there's a weird like like when when he's in the like I treasure room. There's like this weird pristine in like stainless steel case that has potions in it that doesn't make any yeah. sense yeah, to be there. No. <laughs> well, okay, so uh, I can I do I, love like, him timing out like a with the scientist uh, coins like, in yeah. the it was, candle. It used to be a, was it used, okay. Okay. But it was very cartoony. Yeah. Like, yeah. Same ah! thing. Same thing with like him electrocuting the dog with the uh, door handle. Like that was very Looney Tunes. Yeah. PJ, shut up for a second. Yeah. What are you, All right. What were we saying? The uh, the the mad scientist laboratory thing. Like I think that the okay. Again, benefit of the doubt here. I'm assuming that it's like yeah, this used to be a mortuary, so like there's probably a bombing fluid and shit around. Although, spoiler alert, that's not what embalming fluid and stuff looks like. It's not, it like, it's... No, it looks like, like a bad scientist containers. Um, yeah, no. The, the, uh, weirdly, right, so... though, the col- they're not wrong about the, the fact that they're colorful. Like, Here, backstory uh, more, idea. They, they were have a actual lot Nazis. Of bright... But they're alchemists. Mm-hmm. Oh, are Alchemic. they time Oh, oh, and that's where the gold Nazis. came from. Yes, yes. nice. <laughs> they, I that mean, gold all used not... to be lead. They turned it's, their Nazi bullets stupid. into gold. At least it gives you a fucking explanation. <laughs> so, sure, yeah, fuck it. Do you hear us, New Line Cinema, or where the fuck owns this shit these days? Um, oh, we, by the way, this we've is this a film movie is pitch for peacock. you. Oh, it's on I Peacock. Don't know why. So, hey, NBC <laughs> Universal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, this is uh, we, we yeah, got a totally pitch for you. worth it. <laughs> yeah, this film will get remade. Uh, all right. Well, we've given our verdicts. Um, anybody have any? Well, Dan, pitch your pitch your webcomic. Okay. Yeah. Um, you can check out my webcomic at with fetus.com um mostly i'm kind of working on a side project right now but you can still view that there so enjoy rad emily pitch our other podcast uh i'm on another podcast called new england beer reviews with some douchebag named tj and yeah it's pretty it's yeah, he yeah. totally is. But, yeah, I bet uh, he likes every movie, too. Yeah, I know. It's awful. The guy's totally hey, insufferable. You can't say that after this episode. <laughs> I mean, you liked, it enough to, you liked it enough to I make have no us idea. watch it. Maybe. 
Well, I, mean, I feel like he made us watch it because he was just like, I want to watch everything Wes Craven's ever done. I've never seen this, and I just want to make other people suffer with me because I've heard bad things. <laughs> I had seen it before. I had fonder memories of it because I remember it having, like, message. But now being, like, pushing 40, watching this movie again, like, I you wish it had a message. You realize that Teenage was an idiot? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. There you go. There we go. Uh, that's the that was what we today so here's the last word today folks we learned that uh tj was an idiot as a teenager i mean pretty Duh. much everyone is but now we have like concrete proof that tj was yay yay, yay. Uh, but yeah, we've been New England. Oh, fucking. We've been Cedar. Screw it. <laughs> um, I've been TJ Davis alongside Emily Schick and Dan Murphy. Our fourth host is not here this time, but he'll be here another time. Because I episodes. swear Liam exists. Yes. Yay, Liam. You Yay. can check him out on other things that are Liam based. Um, but yeah. You can give us money on patreon.com backslash S-I-O-S-I. That's the initials of our show. Cedar, screw it. I need to still put fucking tears on there. I've been thinking about it, so I just didn't do it. Um, yeah, eventually people will probably get to listen to episodes early on that, I would imagine. Yeah, that would yeah. be cool as hell. And access yeah, to like bonus, bonus episodes. episodes on like new releases, because that's Ooh. the plan on there, is Ooh, doing our bonus fun. episodes being like new releases. Yeah. We are going to have a new release at the end, end of this month after uh, it could like be our three first weeks bonus after episode, it fucking, you know. Well, it's a preview bonus episode. Uh, yeah. But it's also three weeks after it actually came out. So not eh. exactly new releases. Future new eh. releases will end up being like Quick. 8 a.m. the day it comes out. That'd be <laughs> yeah, maybe. yeah. Depends on how things line up. But, yeah, it depends know, on how quick. things line up. Uh, maybe 8 p.m. the day it comes out. Eh, that works good better. enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll see. Uh, but yeah, um, Emily already gave the final word. I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bye. 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 Bye.